0: Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try.
1: They have
2: finished out in Vegas. Floyd Mayweather defeating Marcos Maidana by majority decision. Dave Moretti had Mayweather winning 8 of 12 rounds, and Burke Clemens gave Mayweather 9 rounds. The third judge, Michael Pernick, scored the match a draw, Mayweather, already the WBC welterweight champion, adds the WBA welterweight title to his trophy
1: case. Bernardo Asuna caught up with money just moments ago. Lloyd, you got your 46th professional win, yes. but you had to work for it, including the first cut of your career. Uh, well, I, you know, I got a cut early on in my career from a headbutt. This happened, I think, in the fourth fourth round from a headbutt. But um, I told the fans, I told the people, everybody, that I wasn't going to do a lot of moving. I told him I was going to do a lot of fighting. I wanted to get the fans their money's worth. I want to get the people that's on pay-per-view their money's worth. So that's what I went out there and did tonight. Uh, we fought. We fought. And he was, he's, a hell of, he's a hell of a competitor. Talk to me about the adjustments you were able to make. Because after the sixth round, it was a whole different fight. Um, he's a tough competitor. I knew that this guy was going to uh, bring an exciting fight. And I told, I told everybody they didn't have to worry about me moving. We're going to get the fans what they wanted to see. Earlier in the week, there was talk of retirement. Then in the ring, there was talk of a rematch. Will we see you back in September? Um, of course. I'll be back September to fight again. Hopefully the fans you know, tune in again, um, come back out. Uh, it may be the same guy again. I don't know. You don't usually give rematch, just one in your career. Why did he earn a rematch tonight? Oh, this guy came to fight. You know, I could have just stayed on the outside and really outbox this guy, and just kept him at bay, just outboxed him and, and, and punched. But I told the fans I was, gonna give, I was gonna give everybody excitement tonight because everybody is not used to seeing me in a competitive fight. You know, um, they used to see me just beat guys, blow guys out, and keep my distance. Whereas today, I kind of fought toe to toe. I stayed right there, and I didn't do too, and I didn't do too much moving.
3: Thank you very much, Floyd. And and last, my mom. I don't think you know what you did. You had my brother when you were 18 years old. Three years later, I came out. We were stacked, the odds were stacked against us. Single parent with two boys by the time we were 21 years old. Everybody told us we weren't supposed to be here. We moved from apartment to apartment by ourselves. One of the best memories I had is when we moved into our our first apartment. No, No bed, no furniture. And we just all sat in the living room and just hugged each other. Because that's what we we thought we made it. And when when something good happens to you, I don't know about you guys, but I tend to look back to what brought me here. And you wake me up in the middle of the night in the summer times, making me run up a hill, making me do push-ups screaming at me from the sideline of my games at eight or nine years old. We wasn't supposed to be here. You made us believe. You kept us off the street, put clothes on our backs, food on the table. When you didn't eat, you made sure we ate. You went to sleep hungry. You sacrificed for us. (laughs) You the real MVP.
1: And welcome,
4: everyone, to another edition of The Late Shift. I'm your host, Rodney Fisher. I'll be joined, of course, by a special guest host tonight, Mr. Royce Fisher, reminding you guys of those old days of RF, RF Sports Radio. We're going to talk a lot about NBA playoffs. You heard Kevin Durant's comments. You heard Floyd Mayweather's comments. There's some of the top stories going on right now. We'll get to the NBA round one, round two and also the fireman of Mike, uh, Mike. I was going to say Mike, Mark Jackson. <laughs> and i also talk a little bit about the NFL draft, which is coming up. So without further ado, let me bring on the guy that always rides shotgun with me at these games, Mr. Royce. Fisher Royce, how are you tonight, sir?
5: I'm doing fine, Rodney. We do ride shotgun, but we don't always agree.
4: We don't always agree. That's what makes the show so uh, so great, don't you think?
5: Absolutely. Well we, in, ahead, <laughs> well, we to, <laughs>
4: well, we got a lot to <laughs> talk about. You uh, I'm sorry. But we got a lot to talk about tonight. I want to welcome you guys to the late shift. Make sure you always download us on iTunes. Uh, very easy to do, or go to our website, realfansportsnetwork.com, and there you can download the show as well. So let's jump into the NBA. Talk about uh, round one, who which has ended. It ended on Sunday uh we had a chance to go to game seven of the Spurs and Mavericks uh series. Uh so I wanna get a little bit of your thoughts of the ending of round one, especially since since we were at the last game of round one and it turned out to be a blowout.
5: Yeah, right now I tell you what, I'm uh over fifty years old. I'm not gonna give my age away, but I got a birthday coming up. But in all my years of watching basketball this has been the best first round I've seen. In all my years of watching basketball, I thought it was one of the greatest first rounds too. I hope the second round is just as good as the first. But it was a great first round, man, I tell you. And uh, the Mavericks and the Spurs was a big surprise. And also the Clippers and the Warriors. Those were the two best games I, I saw on the TV. I witness. You know,
4: it was, it was a very historic uh, round one for the NBA I can't think of the stat that showed how many games were decided by five points or less. Five, five points or less, but also you had five uh, series go to Game seven, which is the first time that that's ever happened in the first round. Uh, and and I'm, I'm with you. It seems like all these teams, for some reason, were evenly matched outside of the Miami-Charlotte series or the uh, Washington-Chicago series everything else kind of went down to the wire. And you can argue that Portland, you know, if they wouldn't have hit that game-winning three-pointer from Damian Lillard, they'd be in the game seven as well, too. Uh, So you're right. It it was something really to see, you know, something I haven't seen before. And if you haven't seen it, then I know I haven't seen it. Uh, But I think it was a good sign of the NBA that, you know, other teams are starting to catch up with some of the powerhouse teams. And it's, it's a real good even distribution of talent, I think throughout the uh, throughout the league, but at the end of the day, the stars
5: are the ones that shine brightest. Absolutely, and and I have to agree with you. It was a great series, and this, and we knew the West was going to be tough. Uh, you know, any one of those eight in the West could have easily moved on to round two, and I tell you, it, it's so packed, and I'm glad to see these young teams like Toronto and Washington uh, coming to their own, so The the NBA is in good hands right now. The future looks real good.
4: Yeah, I would agree with you on that. I I want to talk to you about a quick uh, subject about Golden State. You mentioned the Warriors and the Clippers series and and the Clippers having overcome everything they had to do, not just on the court but off the court as well, uh, with their owner or ex-owner, I should say. You know, I I thought it was a big sign for them to win the Game 7, even though it was at home. It seems like at home they've got more distractions than on the road with all the talk about Donald Sterling and everything going on. But to have his wife sitting courtside at the same time as a player, you know, I I couldn't imagine, you know, how that would feel going up and down the court and you see her sitting on the sidelines cheering you on and you have to think about, Man, is her thought process the same and and I know he can't come to the game but this is really a direct uh, representation of him
5: at the game, and, and you're absolutely right. That was the only black spot on the playoffs, uh, you know, this year. And I tell you what, it was a real bad spot. It came at a bad time too. And I have to agree with you. I, I was surprised that she came to the game and she sat on the sideline. And you know, if, when you're married to somebody for that long, you have to know what kind of person they are. So right. For her not to know or play innocent to all of this, you know, you married him, and uh, you knew what kind of guy he was. And uh, I, I don't agree with her statement that she made, that she didn't know anything, you know, that she's not involved, but she just as much involved as it So they were in business together. But that was the right. only black spot on there. But I tell you what, their victory not only lifted the team up, but I thought it did a lot for the nation, you know, because... Uh, we he, somehow or another, we always come back to race. And it's still an issue out there that it needs to be addressed. And uh, if it's in the NBA, it's everywhere else. And just to have that come out at that time and see the Clippers rise above that, I, I thought was very good. And it was a, not only was I happy for him, but uh, I know that the city of California was happy for too. Yeah, I, I would say so.
4: You know, and now that the round up, now that round one is over with, you know, now the aftermath of what happens to the teams that lose is starting to take effect. You see one head coach uh, in Dwayne Case of the Toronto Raptors gets an extension uh, by forcing the game seven with the Brooklyn Nets, but yet Mark Jackson, who forced the game seven with the Clippers, gets fired today after uh, being with the team for three years. And it's funny how this happened because, me and you debated this like the whole way down in San Antonio and even on the way back about if he should be fired or not. And I told you then he was going to get fired. If they didn't make it to at least the Western Conference Finals, they were going to let Mark Jackson go. I mean, they look at it as they've got too much young talent on this team with Steph Curry, Clay Thompson. Uh, me and you talked about how Draymond Green has come on. Jordan Crawford, how he played, uh, heads up with Jamal Crawford, and, and, and the whole you know, the young talent that they have. And you can't go backwards in this league. You can't have those type of caliber players and, and finish even worse than you did the season before. You make it to the Western Conference Final, great. The next year you get out in the uh, first round, that's not going to work in the NBA. So I, I can understand the firing of Mark Jackson, uh, from that standpoint, but he is a big emotional type of leader. And I think that sometimes that worries off on players. You know, when you're inside the huddle on game seven, you tell the players, hey, we deserve this win. We deserve to get this win. And then you lose, it's very hard to put confidence in that again. So I think that they're going to find some coach to come in there as more of an X's and O's type coach. They can really get, you know, some more offense-generated What's hard harder so they can score more points, but at least have more movement in the half-court set than what Mark Jackson was able to do.
5: Well, you know, I have to disagree with you. I think Mark Jackson was the best thing that happened to Golden State. Matter of fact, Golden State wasn't even in the conversation. Uh, The last time they were in conversation was Don Nelson was the coach, and that was a while back. And the three years Mark Jackson had been there, he's really improved that team every year. But players play and coaches play. And if you think about it, everybody talked about Houston was going to win the West. They're not even in there either. So the West was so good that it it was up for grabs for anybody. It was unfortunate that Golden State didn't get out the first round. But they were missing their their big men. No big presence inside. I thought the guys played one of the greatest series I've seen. Clippers have so much talent on their team. That, you know, they're really going to be hard to beat. And and uh, I'm not blaming Mark Jackson. I thought he did an excellent job. But you do have to give a guy time to develop the team and talent. Now, you're talking about bringing in a brand-new coach with this team, the way these guys are used to playing. I think they're going to really be a setback because you're being introduced to a whole new coach, whole new way of playing, whole new offense, whole new defense. Will the guys adapt to that, or would it take them a while to adapt to that because they have been playing a certain way for the last three years? And I thought Mark Jackson was a very emotional, inspirational uh, guy for these young guys. I mean, you got to have a coach that teaches life lessons along with basketball skills. So, to me, I, I didn't understand it. I think the, my understanding was they were going to fire him anyway, unless he won a championship. And we know how hard it is to get to a championship. But uh, it was already written in stone, even midway through the season, that he was going to lose his job. I don't know why. I don't agree with it. And I thought it was a real bad shame.
4: Yeah, well, well you know, I think everybody would like to see him be the head coach. Uh, and you're right, you know, for a guy to, Go above and beyond his uh, role of being just the head coach and try to teach these guys life lessons. Of course, we've all seen the pictures and read the articles and stories and everything about how they used to go to his church, uh, how he helped mentor them off the court. I think that was great to get them to this point right now, you know. But we are talking about the Golden State Warriors organization, okay? Uh, we are talking about a organization that has really not had any pure stability you know and I'd be surprised if they don't uh they don't break up the team before the team has a chance to even really uh get to a title you know we're we're not talking about a uh, a franchise that's used to winning, you know, so I think that they're they're looking at i've got we got these guys on on the team right now we need a coach that can come in here that can be more strategic and try to get more out of the players. Uh, so they can try to get get some uh, get a championship under that belt. while they have well, a young player? Well, I don't understand it, is uh, guy why guy. they
5: didn't go out and get in players to uh, take them over the hump. I mean he, well, they he did, I mean, to the they, had,
4: they, they during the three years he was there. Let's keep in mind that they brought in Clay Thompson, uh, they brought in Draymond Green, they brought in Jordan Crawford on the trade this this uh, this year. Jermaine O'Neal, a veteran presence down low. Uh, they made a trade for Andrew Bogut, all while Mark Jackson was a part of this team. So they, they yeah, gave him Yeah, but Jer- Jermaine
5: people. O'Neal is 50 years old. He well, was we 50 know that. years old. I mean, what do you expect out of Jermaine O'Neal? I don't even think he played the entire season. I think he was hurt most of the season. Yeah, he was
4: hurt. And he the fact that their other play. big
5: man, Bogut, was out. Well, I still understand. I
4: still understand the reason for them firing him. You know, I, I told you, they were going to fire him, and like you said, it was probably written in stone. Now, what, now what I find even more interesting about teams that have lost in the first round, you look at a team like uh, Houston. I expected when Houston lost that Kevin McHale was going to get fired. And I know uh, there's,
5: a out,
4: there's a report out down in the Houston newspaper that says they're going to keep McHale. You know, I I think he if Mark Jackson deserves to get fired for losing in round one, Kevin McHale deserves to get fired for losing the round one also.
5: Absolutely. And if the Thunder don't reach the finals, I I think Scott Brooks needs to go too.
4: Yeah, I'm with you on that. You can't have that much talent
5: and not win a championship. The best score in the league and not win a championship.
4: Well, let's let's talk about the best score in the league. You guys heard the audio of his – part of his acceptance speech for winning the MVP – uh, and, and hats off to him, I thought the words that he used and how he described his mom being a real MVP was very, very admirable of him. And any time I've been around him, that's the kind of guy he seems to be or comes across as very genuine. genuine. Uh, you know, and if you look at how LeBron has dominated the league, he's got four out of the last five MVPs. You know, the only person to get MVP during Durant, uh, LeBron's reign of – Uh, scoring in the league was uh, Derrick Rose. But now you have Kevin Durant winning and Kevin had 119 votes from the Riders. He even got the vote of the former MVP LeBron James who says he deserves a win. Uh, From what you've seen and the way he's played, uh, just give me a little, your thoughts on him winning this MVP, his first MVP
5: of his career. I I, I, I think it was well-deserved Uh, Kevin Durant is a class act, both on the court and off the court. The guy has one of the greatest jump shots I've seen. He's a a force to be reckoned with. Uh, And I think it was well-deserved. I thought his speech was very excellent uh, because he gave all the the MVP to his mom. And I thought it was very emotional. It was really heartfelt. Uh, I can't think of a more well-deserving guy than Kevin Durant. I hope he can win a championship. That would be the pinnacle of being winning the MVP. But I don't know if they can get it done. And I, I have questions about Oklahoma City because you really don't know what you get after this first game that they had. They were really blown out, and I thought it was very surprising that they, you know he gets the award the next day after such a dismal performance in Game One. But uh, I think. Uh, If they don't win a championship, I think you might have to break that team up.
4: So you're saying that if they don't win a championship, then Westbrook and Durant can't play together?
5: Absolutely. They've been together for a number of years. They've came up short for the last three years. And, uh, I mean, how long do you keep this group together?
4: I I think you have to keep the two together. You know, I I think, I think what you said the first time about Scott Brooks is probably more accurate than breaking up the team. I think before they even think about breaking the team up, they'll bring in a new coach. You know, They'll bring in somebody that can figure out how to make this thing work. Let's not forget that they already broke up the team when they allowed James Hart yep, to go.
5: James Hart. You and know, I, and, so they, and already, they already that broke that up some of the team. Were you not surprised that that happened?
4: You know what, I, I was very surprised, but, again, you have to take it to account. It is Oklahoma City, a very small market. They didn't want to spend a lot of money on the team. You know, I, wish, I bet now they wish they would have kept him, you know, because uh, now they're getting nothing from the bench. Jeremy Lamb's not doing anything. Reggie Jackson's not playing very well in the, in the playoffs. and definitely right. So, you know, so so I bet they wish they had him now but they already kind of broke up that team. They made a decision to break up and just keep the three pieces that they had, which was Serge Ibaka, Russell Westbrook, and Kevin Durant. And that's a good enough team to win. Now, it's going to take the right kind of coach that can get in there and figure out how to make this all work. You know, if you look at how Phil Jackson was able to get uh, Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen involved enough to win uh, six championships, there's got to be a coach that can come in there and get those two together to win at
5: least one. Yeah, but uh, you know, you can't compare Scotty Pippen and Michael Jordan to Westbrook and Durant. Totally two different type players. Four well, not
4: now. Players. I mean, they don't have six rings. I, I get that. But what I'm saying right. is they're, they're at the stage of their career. If they really figured it out, they could start that run of championships.
5: Yeah, but we know, everybody knows that that was Jordan's team. And Scottie Pippen was his sidekick. I I I don't know what we have in Oklahoma City. It seemed like it ought to be Durant, Kevin Durant's team, and Westbrook the sidekick. But I think both of them fighting for the leadership of the team. That's what I see. Because Westbrook takes more shots than the MVP. He uh, he doesn't set him up well. They don't do a lot of pick and rolls for Kevin Durant. A lot of time you see two on one. And he really time after time had to make his own shot. So I, I you know I see a lot of problems with this team.
4: Well, I can say one of the things that bothers me a lot about uh this team is when I see uh Russell Westbrook dribbling the ball down the court by himself coast to coast, penetrating it back and backing out and all the and the whole time Durant sending right there at the three point line to calling for the ball. Yeah, can't, right.
5: right.
4: <laughs> can't get the ball. Can't get the ball from uh, Russell Westbrook. So I'm with you on that. You know, uh, after was game one, what that, I
5: saw, I don't think they can beat the Clippers.
4: Well, I think they can beat the Clippers. We'll talk about round two and what's going on. You know, I think the most interesting thing with round two, what I'm seeing, is that you had so many close games in round one, yet all four games in round two have been blowouts. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so... You got, like you mentioned, the Clippers getting a win on the road in OKC, and then the Wizards getting a win on the road against the Indiana Pacers. You know, while we're talking about the Clippers in OKC series, Chris Paul played out of his mind in that game. were was an 8-for-9 from three-point range. Uh, the Clippers, they just looked like, you know, they were more rested or something. I, I don't know, but it just looked like they were just on, a, on, a, on some type of high. They played better in that game than I think they did in the series before,
5: especially Chris Paul. Absolutely. I I, I would agree with you, and uh, I don't know, like I said, considering everything they went through the week before, it really uplifted this team, and I do believe that they want it uh, better than Oklahoma City. <laughs> I think they want the championship really. Bad. They're hungrier than Oklahoma City to me right now. They play hungry. So uh, And then there's a ton of talent on that team, the starting five and the bench. And if you had to compare benches, and we know benches win championships, I had to give a nod to the Clippers. You know, you
4: would definitely give them a nod on coaching. You know, having Doc Rivers on the right. sidelines that he was for the Clippers, especially, you know, playing against uh, Scott Brooks, who at times it seems like they're not running any kind of offense at all. You know, I don't. See, right. It seems like they're just kind of going with the flow, or oh, Westbrook is uh, just dictating the offense, and not the Durant. So, you know, having Doc Rivers is a huge help for them. But it's going to be an interesting series. I think. I think this is going to go a little bit longer than uh, what it may have looked like in Game One. Uh, but I've got the Thunder edging them out in this series. I think they'll do it in. I think they'll do it in six games. I think now that he's won the MVP, he's got a lot of emotion off of his chest. He'll come out there and they'll play inspired basketball in game two. So I wouldn't be surprised if they just blow him out in game two because the Clippers are going to be thinking, hey, we got our one win. Let's go on back to L.A. Uh, so I see this series being 1-1 after tomorrow night's game.
5: I might give a nod to the Clippers. I think uh, when it come down to it, their bench is going to step up and be tough. Crawford can do. Crawford can score on anybody. I, I think uh, – they're more dominant with the big man. DeAndre Jordan is is, is the most dominant center right now. They have Blake Griffin low post inside, and now you have to watch for Chris Paul shooting threes. So uh, then they do have guys that can shoot threes, and uh, I think this there's just too much for Oklahoma City. But we will see. I'm taking uh, the Clippers in six.
4: Ah, uh, Clippers in six. Okay. If they, if they beat him in six games, that's going to be a big story. That's going to be a huge story if they beat him in six. I, I'm almost to ready
5: six. to say in five.
4: Oh, no, no. You're talking crazy now.
5: Now, in if in the five. Clippers win game two, I'd say the Clippers in five.
4: Well, they're not going to win game two. I can tell you that now.
6: They're
4: not okay. going to win game Just
5: two. See. Well, I do remember early in the season that the Mavericks beat the Oklahoma City Thunder twice. Uh, within a week span, so uh, and uh, could couple are much better than the Mavericks. But I do recall the Mavericks beating them twice on their home court, one time on the home court and one time in Dallas.
4: Well, it's up to the Houston Conference with the Washington Wizards and the Indiana Pacers around two matches. The Wizards have had plenty of time to rest in the show. They came into Indiana in the field house and just put it on uh, the Pacers who still look like they don't know what's going on uh, you talk about coaches coaching for their job. Frank Vogel, man, he, he, you know, I, I don't know what where he lost his team. You know, he was the head coach of the Eastern Conference in the uh, All-Star game. He was the one preaching defense and preaching these guys working together as, as a team. But yet you talk about a team that doesn't have any kind of half-court offense, and that's the Pacers. Everybody on the Pacers, for some reason, is playing one-on-one ball. They're not passing it.
5: Absolutely. And if
4: they get a pass, they're just trying to take the guy off the dribble. And then, of course, we all know Roy Hibbert and his struggles. Zero points in that game. Zero points, zero rebounds. And you can't have that from your center. I'm sorry.
5: I have never in the – like I said, going back to my old time watching basketball, seeing a guy seven foot go, no scoring, no rebounds. I mean, that how can you do that being seven foot? a center in the league today. I mean, even a tip-in, Rodney, you know, and a rebound. I, I don't understand that. I think this team is falling apart. I think there's tension inside the locker room. I think there's tension among players. Stevenson's playing for a contract. Uh, Roy Hibbert, something happened to him emotionally. West hadn't stepped up and been the leader of the team like he should be. I think this team has no leader.
4: I think it's was good idea. What what's going on in the uh gossip blogs and uh the, the buzz on Twitter and everything is of course that it is a locker room issue uh that involves a player and, and um uh one of the players' wives and, and you hear all kinds of crazy things. Now I I just say this, you know, uh, uh strange things have happened inside NBA locker rooms. I, I won't get into any detail. Uh, but but things, you know, things happen between players and players' wives and coaches, coaches' wives. Uh, you know, this things happen in the NBA. So it, it, it's something that went on in that locker room, and you know, to what, I don't know. But I'm sure we'll find out, you know, once they're running But whatever up, happened, or they they make it to the Roy Hibbert. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm Roy
5: Hibbert more than anybody. Cause he's, but there are rumors, there, mean, he's there there are rumors about Roy Hibbert. There.
4: There are rumors about Roy Hibbert and uh and and some indiscretions possibly with uh his significant other. I mean there's rumors about uh players, you know, not getting along with each other and having fist fights and everything. You know, but but whatever it is, I I don't know if Frank Vogel can get it settled in that locker room. It's, it it takes somebody, you know, and I would really wish it that Larry Bird would come out of the stands, walk right in the locker and room. And, and slap somebody, you know. They just tell them, "Look, we're, we're about to win a championship here. You know, we we, we got the right. talent. I put this team together to get something done. You know, you heard Larry kind of rip them at the end of the season, saying they have no heart, and yet the right. players didn't respond to that. Uh, so they got they got to figure something out in Indiana because you, you you shouldn't be losing any games at home when you get the number one seed.
5: That's just not and, the way and, it works. And they led- I bet they wish they had Danny Granger back now, and to let him go—he was the face of that franchise for a long time. I—I I didn't understand that, I, you know, and and for this team to be the number one team in the East to play as poorly as they have, you know, I, I don't—I don't give them a chance even against Washington, and especially against a team like Miami for the championship. I think they would just get get swept. I think Miami, you know, I think, if, even if they made it, I think Miami would just sweep
4: them. I think we're going to be looking at so, uh, Miami-Wizards' uh, matchup in the Eastern Conference Finals because I got the Wizards winning this series based on what I've seen so far, 4-1. Five games, the uh, Yeah, I, I can the, agree with you on players.
5: that. And I think the Wizards have really grown up within the last two or three weeks uh, this team is fun to watch. They're great talent. Great future ahead of them. I I, I see them winning one game against Miami. Uh, believe it or not, if they make the first round, but I don't see Indiana winning this series whatsoever. I think this team is in trouble. I think the coach should be fired. He doesn't have a handle on it. And I agree with you about Larry Bird coming out of the stand instead of dropping his hands in his face. You need to, like I said, put his hands in some. On somebody else's face and slap one of the players and tell him to get a <laughs> grip, but uh it's unfortunate because that Boger wasn't Larry Bird's guy to begin with, you so <laughs> know I don't think he's behind him hundred percent. I think he kind of wishes he'd fail that would get him out of there and get who he wants in there, and uh i am just uh I'm disappointed in there and and I'm pretty sure a lot of other people are too. Yeah, I would
4: agree. I would agree. We had two games that got, uh, series rather, that got kicked off, uh, tipped off uh, tonight. That was Miami and Brooklyn and the Spurs and Portland. Miami cruised to a 107-86 win over Brooklyn, proving once and for all, ladies and gentlemen, that the regular season and the playoffs are two different things, although Brooklyn may have won four games over the Heat in the regular season, when it comes to the playoffs, there's a whole different gear to go. And you talk about the Eastern Conference and their lack of centers. Kevin Garnett played center tonight. Royce, he had zero points also. But he did have
5: a a couple of I saw that. And, and, you know, to me, Kevin Garnett is not the same player that he was years ago. Uh, He's lost a lot. I I don't think he's healthy. I, I really don't. He's playing like it. But I was surprised. It wasn't because of lack of effort. It just his lift and his legs weren't there. And uh, I saw a lot. You know, he did take attempts and shots, but they were either short or off the rim. And uh, I think his skills are dwindling. And uh, you could tell that we're in of the series with Toronto is starting to wear on these guys. They're, they're tired. And Miami's well rested. And it's too fast, too and uh, when you have Dwayne Wade and LeBron, the best player on the planet, uh, you're in trouble anyway. Well,
4: let me ask you something. Were you surprised that Brooklyn stated they really wanted to play the Miami Heat? They wanted to take this road and, and get this schedule to a point where they could play the Heat the second round? Are you, are you, you know, because no, they have no, a first year head coach as a kids and I'm just wondering the if they made a mistake by doing that.
5: No, because Paul Pierce and, and Garnett are not afraid of LeBron James or anybody. As a matter of fact, I don't think they would have mind playing Indiana because they're not afraid. They've been there before. They're poised, and, and uh, that's the whole reason Brooklyn Bottom in there is to get a championship. And uh, if you're going to get one, you got to go up against guys that are not afraid of LeBron James or the Miami Heat. And uh, San Antonio but, is another team that's not afraid of
4: no, was not afraid of nobody. They they won tonight 116-92, <laughs> to 92, and we thought this would be a pretty right. competitive series. We thought, of course, the matchup of Parker with uh, Damian Lillard and LaMarcus Aldridge. And Parker
5: took him to school he grew tonight. Up,
4: and the guy he grew up idolizing with, uh, T- Tim Duncan. And you're right, Parker took him to school tonight, kind of picking up where he left off from game seven with the Mavericks. You know, after that game, I thought, you know, they asked, uh, someone asked Parker about rest, Are they're going to be rested enough to play Portland. And, and I thought he had the best answer when he said, look, you know, Pop has been resting us all season. You know, that's, that's why I missed so many games in the last month of the regular season. He's been resting us, getting us ready for this playoff run. And you can see that tonight, the way they came out tonight, they jumped on them. And then them get any get anywhere and that crowd. We know how loud that crowd can be. It's maybe the loudest right. series <laughs> to go to between there and Portland. Uh but they look right. they look really, really good like they're back on track.
5: I think uh San Antonio took Dallas too lightly and Dallas kind of surprised them. But I think game, game seven they woke up and played like the Spurs. We know they are. And we know it's always a team that starts clicking in the last couple of games, you know, in the finals that really take off. I I think San Antonio is forced to just take off and win the whole thing because uh, in game seven with Dallas, something clicked. And we saw the old Spurs. We saw the Spurs that we should have saw in, in, in the six previous games. And they dominated, and they continue to dominate. And I think they're the hottest team out there right now.
4: Yeah, I would agree with you on that. Let's take a, a really quick break, break, guys. We'll come back. We'll wrap up our show with some preview of the NFL draft. that's coming up on Thursday. Uh, Royce, can you stick around for a little bit?
5: I sure can, buddy. no
4: problem. All right, let's go on break real fast. We'll come right back. We'll talk some NFL draft. Calling all sports fans. There's only one place to go to get all your sports news information, radio shows, sports talk, anything that you want to do, that's RFSN, the Real Fan Sports Network. Log on to realfansportsnetwork.com to hear shows from across the country. And of course, make sure you can hear this show on the Real Fan Sports Network. Go to TuneIn Radio on the TuneIn Radio app and search for RFSN to get sports talk 24-7 from a fan's perspective. That's the Real Fan Sports Network, realfansportsnetwork.com.
1: All right, we're back. Chuck, what was your analysis? First of all, snake bites are dangerous.
4: If I saw a snake in the paint, I would average 28-10, and the snake would have been barbecue chicken. Let's talk basketball. I'm still probably the best shooter in the NBA. Ain't no woman like the one I got. I'm going to the board. All right. As a point guard, it's easy for me to think like a man, too. Hey, give me. Give me a ball. Head up, North Carolina. I can catch. Dunk. Championship.
2: Risk and rewards, man. I'm worried about your durability. I, I mean, I really am. I mean, 345 carries, and you're throwing a football. I mean, you're gonna take some of these hits in the pocket
6: anyway. Ooh, that's a good shot. You remember this one? I do. I, I, my my jaw remembers that one. What are you saying right here? Probably, uh, it's a little
2: high, <laughs> sir. Damn. It's a little high. But you're not the biggest quarterback I've ever seen.
6: But the toll of these
2: hits. The bells add up, don't they?
6: Yes, sir. Never missed a game, though. Never missed a game.
2: What happened on this?
6: So uh, when I pulled to, to stretch out for extra yardage, he kind of just rolled naturally. He rolled, and I pulled, and it jerked my knee for a minute and went back in, kind of a scare. We played
2: 16 games in the NFL, man. That didn't even count the money games. So when you throw the ball right here and you, you hurt your finger against Mississippi State, which finger was it? Let me see which finger was it. Thumb? Thumb. Look at that. Hard to throw with a bad thumb, isn't it? Sir. Man, Auburn, this, was, this one hurt.
6: What happened on this one? I was going to go into him with my left shoulder and then I uh, actually fell and turned and, and landed on that right shoulder. Let's just remember
2: these pictures, though, OK? I don't want you to practice Because you know what happened, I think, late in the year? Your thumb was screwed up. Your shoulder hurts. You miss a little bit of practice, but the days go on. you got to go down to Louisiana, and you missed practice before this game, didn't you? Couple and times. it's raining like hell. But as you look back on all those running plays, all those hits that took their toll, they all
6: happened on this thing anyway? So outside zone run play, and this is a throw I make. So many of those throws... Was it, it as because as you
2: mispracticed, Johnny?
6: There's, there's no excuses. Uh, it's a throw you have to make, and it's completely unacceptable. Completely unacceptable.
2: So you go out and play Duke in the last game of your career, right? The Chick-fil-A Bowl. You guys are getting kicked in this game. I went to bid. It was 38-17. to 17. 17. I mean, this game is over. What was this scene here?
6: You just look at everybody's face. They're all looking for somebody to pull these guys together. Yeah. It's like a bunch of sheep just wandering around. We needed to be brought back together.
2: Scrambling around, decides to run it, tries to leap over a Duke player, stays on his feet, lobs it up, one of the most incredible plays you will ever see. Mandel, he'll never catch it, Johnny Mandel, touchdown Texas A&M. Mandel looking to throw it, lobs it up, Terrell Walker, running under it, he's got it, touchdown Texas A&M. What is it about you that I haven't seen in some others in terms of just willing it out of your team? or willing it out of
6: yourself. I'm still a guy, I'm at the point in my life where I went through high school and, and played three years and never won a state championship. I went to two years of, of being at A&M and never won, never won a national championship. I'm tired of not winning a championship. And, and I, I consider myself a winner and I hate losing. And yeah, I've had a decent record, but it's not, it's not up to par. It's not up to where I want it to be. It's just not acceptable to me. It doesn't sit well with me. Um, losing games is just not something that sits well and that I can sleep well at night knowing that we went out and got our got our, got our
4: Welcome back everyone to the late shifts. Again, it's I'm your host, Rodney Fisher, joined by my co host tonight, Mr. Royce Fisher. That was Johnny Manziel on uh Gruden's uh QB Camp. And make sure also guys you download the podcast on I, on iTunes. Uh, look for uh, Real RF Sports Radio on iTunes, subscribe there, or just download the podcast for The Late Shifts. Go to our website, realfansportsnetwork.com. You can download it there as well, too. Uh, that was Johnny Manziel talking a little bit about his durability, if he can last a full 16 games in the NFL. Uh, I thought Gruden did a great job of kind of grilling him on the hits he was taking and how to be poised and rally his troops and, so my question for you, Royce, is uh, before we get to the draft on Thursday, who's going number one to the Houston Texans? They're officially on the clock as we speak. Uh, so are they going to take Johnny Manziel, Johnny Football, or take Jadavian J- Clowney with the number one pick?
5: That that You know, Ryan that, that's probably the biggest question that anybody, if you knew the answer to that, you probably could beg a million bucks. That That's the biggest question. I don't know who they're going to take the first round. They don't have a quarterback. They they could use uh, a uh, uh player. Uh, they have so many needs, but I tell you what, Johnny Mandel is one heck of a ball player. He's a baller. And if you don't take him, you may end up regretting it because he may come back to bite you. Yeah, that's the thing. It's
6: like what
4: what's the biggest – Mistake is it, is it a bigger mistake to pass on Johnny Football or is it a bigger mistake to pass on uh, Clowney? And I think the bigger mistake is a pass on uh, Menzel. You know, when you have a Absolutely. quarterback that's from the state of Texas, you need a quarterback on their team. It's not like you guys are just in need of a bunch of players on defense. Everyone can add new players on defense. We, you know, any team can. But to have a quarterback that can really kind of bring the excitement, that can bring the playmaking ability, uh, that can really kind of turn your franchise in a different direction, to me that's even more important than having a, a pass rushing defensive end. When you've got a guy like J.J. Watt who can rush in the interior and get the pressure that you need. I mean, if you've got J.J. Watt in the middle of the defensive line, you can put somebody else. On a defensive end, it still be just as effective, I think,
5: because he's going to command a double and team. He the best, you know. And you have the best receiver in the AFC, you know. Uh, I tell you what, it, it, it's you know those guys coming long, far, and few between, and you have to take a chance on Johnny. Like I said, because he can come back and beat your team really, really bad, and then you look like the biggest fool. Uh, in the draft. But I, you have to take a chance on him. Like I said, uh, I, any quarterback playing right now is one hit away from being out of the game, so, and, and that's on any quarterback. But uh, I think you have to take a chance on this guy. Like I said, you can always get a lineman. You can always do defensive schemes to uh, when you lack the pass rush. You know, you can always blitz. You can always move guys around. And uh you can always fix the defense but you can't uh make a great quarterback.
4: Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think they I think they should take Johnny Football, but for some reason my gut tells me they're probably gonna make a mistake and take Clowning, uh, and they're gonna be they're gonna regret that. Uh, anybody that passes on Johnny Football I think is gonna regret it. But I think he's gonna end up going number four to Cleveland. Um, and that, that doesn't make any sense to me either because Jacksonville needs a quarterback just as bad as uh, Houston does as well, too. Right. Uh, we will see that it will be a Thursday night. Uh, we'll be back on the late shift Thursday night as well at uh, 11 p.m. Central Standard Time uh, to kind of recap the draft and also get everybody ready for that. So make sure you join us there live or download the podcast on Friday if you'd like to as well over the weekend. For myself, uh, Rodney Fisher, and for Royce Fisher, I want to thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you find us online at realfansportsnetwork.com. Follow us on Twitter at RFSportsRadio. And we will see you guys on Thursday to recap the NFL draft.